Welcome to the alternative. Radiator questions virtual reality. Sponsored by ISEDN.org. Is there life beyond the big four search engines? Are webmasters spending more than they need to? Or leaving money on the table? What opportunities exist on the margins? Spend the next hour exploring paid and free alternatives to the major search engines. Now, step into the alternative with your host, Jim Hedler. Hey everybody, welcome to The Alternatives. It's Thursday, May the 24th. I'm Jim Hedger, the uh, executive editor of SitePronews.com, and I have my co-host on the line, Dave Davies. He's the owner and proprietor of Beanstalk-Inc.com. Dave, how you doing today? I'm doing very well. How are you, Jim? I'm doing great. Hey, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a great chat happening in the uh, Webmaster, Webmaster Radio chat room about where we all live. And uh, one of our listeners, Neo, lives on, Gab- or lives on Orcas Island, just, uh, just across the street from us. Hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah. Oh. Well, howdy, neighbor Neo. <laughs> so we got an interesting show today, kind of a bit of a gumbo show, but uh, it's going to be a fun one. Um, it's hard doing shows at the beginning of summer, eh? You look outside, it's just like so beautiful out, and you've been in front of your computer like all day. I, I think all of our listeners can probably relate. I think it's difficult doing any computer-based job in the summer. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Um, by the way, Neo says hi, Dave. Um, apparently, apparently you guys know each other. Ah, hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what do we got going today? We have... Um, well, Dave and I are going to start the start the show talking about Google Universal. I know I know we usually try to go beyond the uh, the big search engines, but this is a change that happened at Google that's uh, beyond pretty much anything they've ever done. Later, we're going to be following up with uh, Fred Towns. He's a writer for SitePronews.com and several other several other publications out there. Um, he's going to be talking about some of the tools that he makes and what motivates him to make them. Um, and towards the end, we're going to be having Jeff Quip from Search Engine People join us and. Uh, Jeff's got a contest going. He's giving $1,000 American away to uh, whoever writes the best SEO song. I have a few interesting questions for him. No doubt. No doubt. But, you know, this has been a really cool week. There's been some neat stuff happening. Um, And uh, first first things first, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Lee Oden at the Top Rank blog. And I know that probably every other webmaster radio host has alluded to this thus far. Um... Lee Oden is running a poll of the top people's favorite uh, podcasts, and uh, Dave, you'll be happy to know that we're ranking pretty well in this poll. We're in fourth place right now out of um, out of fifteen different uh, fifteen different uh, fine podcasts. Very anyway, good. if anyone's interested, it's over at toprankblog.com/slash/2007/slash/05/slash/seo-podcast. Uh, um, you know, even if you don't vote for the alternative, which you should. Um, go there and vote because there's, 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 we're in great company. There's some uh, there's some there's some excellent bloggers out there. Um, right now, Brian Mark from Toolbarn, a, uh, a really cool fellow. If um, you've had the pleasure of meeting Brian, eh, Dave? I have, yeah. Yeah, really nice guy. He's placing number one. He's got 28 percent of the votes. And actually, you know what's funny? It's weird getting in a poll like this because whenever you're in a poll like this, you're always competing against guys like Danny Sullivan or. Uh, or Barry Schwartz, um, you know, Greg Bowser, people who literally really are rock stars in the industry. And uh, Brian is beating out Danny by eight points here. I know, isn't that an interesting... interesting yeah, I, think that's, I think that's great, you know. Um, Brian's a really good guy. Danny's just an incredible, like, uh, blow-you-away search journalist. Um, blow any of us away search journalist. But it's good to see Brian making his mark, eh, so to speak. It is, it is indeed. And, and for sure, I mean, Danny's a, an icon of the industry. Um, but yeah, it's good to see some of the, uh, you know, one of the, I guess, in comparison, less known uh, overall uh, people involved in the industry uh, 
pulling ahead and, and getting some getting some really good credit and, and well deserved credit. Well, yeah, and there's another one I wouldn't mind giving a shout out to um, Manoj Jashra um, for Web Analytics World. Now, Manoj Jashra um, actually works for a British Columbia-based search engine optimization company. Um, he works for Inquiro, uh, Gord Hotchkiss's company, and uh, he writes web, or he does he writes the blog Web Analytics World and it has a weekly podcast on it. And uh, they're celebrating their first anniversary this week, so uh, congratulations to them. And um, they're placing just ahead of us in the poll, so oh, <laughs> you know, you've got to love the congratulations to the uh, vote for us. <laughs> um, well, why don't we uh, move in, unless you have any other announcements, why don't we move into, into Universal, because I know the way you and I talk, um, you know, we always run short on time by the end, so... <laughs> Yeah, we could talk for quite a while about this Google Universal thing, can't we? We definitely can. I mean, it's a it's a huge topic. Uh, it's been covered, but certainly worth uh, worth covering uh, again. And hopefully, we'll give a, a slightly different perspective on some things and, and bring up some points that might not have been covered until uh, until today. Well, yeah, the the big reason I thought this would be a good match for our show, the the alternative, though. I mean, we try to avoid talking about Google or, or Yahoo or even MSN or Ask. Um, but we do like talking about vertical search and talking about alternative forms of search. And um, I guess what, what Google's done in the last week, and I think by now pretty much everybody who is, is searching in English around the world should have seen this roll out. Um, Google has taken its um, 14 to, to 18 unique vertical search lines, and we're talking things like uh, uh, Google Local, Google Maps, Google News, Google Images, etc. And... It's trying to present all these vertical lines in one coherent set of search results that you would see on the main page, Google.com. So, um, like if you went to Google.com, uh, now you would likely see a JavaScript run set of um, links across the top. Remember how the Google page used to look, Dave? It was this very sparse thing. You'd see Google, then the search box, and then underneath that, you'd see a series of links to like images, video, news, maps, Gmail, etc. Indeed. They've moved those to the very top of... Uh, of the new Google, and um, it depends on really if you're searching with a, signed into a Google account or not signed into a Google account, because I'm signed in right now. I was checking Gmail earlier, and I've got my iGoogle account open, which I still think is one of the stupidest, you know, it's like iVillage. Um, and uh, when you do a, a search for, um, we'll try like New York, New York City. I'm going to type this in right now. And what I'm seeing, instead of seeing just a list of search results, text search results, I have image results at the very top, a map of New York City um, just underneath the image result. I have a book about uh, the history of Times Square being offered to me, as well as a Times Square Earth Cam, um, four, three unique blog posts about New York at the very bottom, and a set of refinements, including shopping, uh, dining and lodging, which obviously come from, from Google Local, um, tours and day trips, etc. So on one page, Google has managed to portalize itself without actually resembling a portal. And what are your thoughts on it? Like, instinct, first thing you thought, do you like it? Do you hate it? Um, and what do you think it does for, uh, for, you know, I'll separate that into a second question. Do you like it? Do you hate it? What are your thoughts? I like it. I like it. Um, I think, uh, well, first off, I think that what we're seeing now is, is likely going to change over time. This is a, a first version or a first uh, edition of, of this form of, of results for Google. So I think that um, the users will tell them how they want it changed over time. And given the way Google's been going recently, I expect Google will allow us as individual users to, um, to trick out the results page the way we want to see them. Um, 
what I see now is kind of cool, though, because could, could you imagine trying to pull all these verticals into the, into the same set of results on the amount of screen space? I mean, think, thinking as a designer, on the amount of screen space that you have in front of you. Um, it's, it's not an easy challenge. It's not easy to think of how you would do this. Um, I guess the one thing that we all have going for us as, as webmasters and web designers is you can scroll up and down almost as much as, you know, you, you have very little restriction on real estate going up and down. But going wide, you have severe restrictions on real estate. So I think Google could have done this a lot differently, and they could have done it a lot worse. So I'm, I'm really pleased with what I see. Um, I think this presents a lot more opportunities for search marketers, although the above the fold, below the fold, um, the more images and the more stuff you pack at the very top of search results, the more you're pushing um, listings, organic listings, down towards the fold on the page. So well, you know, and, and therein is a point that I think as a search marketer, um, I happened the other day going to take my kids out for it uh, to be looking up Victoria, B.C., whale watching, mm-hmm. uh, of course. Um, you know, the kids will have a great time out there. Now the first thing to show up in the results is the map, um, you know, showing where some are located here in Victoria. Now, it, it hits a duality. Now, as a searcher, I loved it. I can see exactly where they're located, first thing, find the one that's going to be most convenient for me to get to, uh, and, and, you know, sort of make my decisions based on that. As a search marketer, however, um, there's now this enormous map with three listings taking up some of the real estate that, you know, would fit otherwise three results in. Well, now those three results are, are booted down. This provides, you know, some, some great challenges for search marketers. Now there's some great opportunities, too. All you really have to do is... To, to help yourself out here is make sure that your client is showing up there on the map, um, but at the same time, the organic results are being shuffled down essentially three positions, um, which, you know, as, as any search marketer knows, that provides some interesting challenges. Um, you know, the client may not particularly notice per se, and that they'll still see themselves, oh, yeah, I'm number one, isn't that great? In reality, they're in the same position that would have been number four. Um, so. uh, yeah, but I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that, that I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming... And this is, I guess, something that at the, when Google makes a major change like this, um, search marketers have to make a lot of assumptions until user behavior starts to, to really show itself. Um, I'm assuming that users, unless they're specifically looking for images or looking for maps, you know, like if they're surfing, they could get lost in it. But if they're, um, um, if they're actually searching for something, like if they're surfing, they can get lost in the stuff at the top. If they're really looking for something, um, I'd expect that they'll drill down until they find what they're looking for. I certainly don't think they're going to abandon the Google search engine and go to a different one because they don't find it right there in front of them. Oh, no, no. I think from a, um, I think from, and and this is where you get into almost that catch-22, I think it makes it a little more difficult for search marketers in that sites and the organic results are being shuffled down a little bit. As a user of the Google search engine, and these are two essentially, you know, (laughs) sometimes dynamic, uh, diametrically opposed positions to be in, um, but as a, a user of the Google search engine, I love them. Like looking up, you know, I just did another search and, and one that I've done recently, Victoria, BC restaurant, trying to look for, you know, what restaurants are nearby so I can take the wife out. Um, you know, I love that the maps are showing up, shows me what great locations are, um, at the same time pushing stuff further and further down, um, down the page. As a user of it, I love it. Um, as an SEO in that environment, it's now pushing results further down the page that, you know, I might want my client, you know, I've earned them a, you know, position one or position two, you know, get them in position three on a lot of resolutions are now below the fold, um, <laughs> you know, which 
is not, you know, when you've worked that hard to get a to get a client into the third or second position, you don't really want them now below the fold. But, um, you know, as with, with any evolution like this, that's our problem to deal with. Google has done what they need to do, and I think this is phenomenal for the searcher um, and just requires a, a great deal of adaption on, on the part of the search marketers. Well, I mean, that's, that's something that's totally worth watching for search engine optimizers. I mean, you, you may have hit an important point there. If the uh, top one... Uh, Marissa Mayer, and uh, I think Danny Sullivan quoted her in an article he wrote about last week, saying that um, the very top search result will get hit three times as frequently as other search results, unless it's not relevant, unless it's like a news search or an image search result. Right. Um, and so, yeah, you may you may have seriously hit on something there, and that's, I think, something search marketers should watch, um, the their organic conversion rates or their organic click rates um, based on where their client sites are appearing um, in, in the SERPs, and, and remembering that everyone sees slightly different SERPs, because one another thing that comes with Google Universal is an increased focus on personalization. And this is something that um, I'm not sure how to deal with. Um, for instance, Dave, you mentioned whale watching in Victoria um, as, a, as a search string. So I went over to Google, and I typed in whale watching Victoria, and I was pleased to see that a site that I optimized like three years ago is still placing number one. Um, then I went to whale watching, took off the word Victoria, went to whale watching, and I see that same site is placing at number six. Yeah, placing at number six, just for the generic term whale watching. Now, here's something I don't know. My SEO ego really wants to think I've got the number six placement for whale watching on a site that I optimized like three years ago. Truth is, I don't know that for sure because these are not, well, this is called Google Universal. These are certainly not universal listings. Um, at least not universal in the way that we normally use the word. When I say universal, I, I mean to suggest that everyone in the world gets to see what I'm seeing. That's not true, though. This is a search result personalized towards my search history. That's I'm logged into my Google account right now. Nine position. Oh, I'm sorry? I'm actually seeing them in the nine position because I keep myself, for this reason, signed out most of the time. Okay, and so you probably don't see the 2.11 p.m. annotation beside the, uh, beside the link that I'm looking at specifically. Um, noting to me, someone who's logged in and has Google search history running, that I was last there at 2.11 this afternoon. Makes so that, that visit has bumped the listing three points up in the, in the, in the search rankings based against what you're seeing. Well, exactly. And now there we're getting a, a little bit, uh, an extremely valid point, and this is why you and I can, can run right to the end of the show every single time. Now we're getting more into the, into the personalized and away from the universal um, well, but, 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 but that's part of it, though. I mean, I think we have to talk about both of them because I think they're happening at the same time. They are. I mean, they, they launched essentially for all intents and purposes in the grand scheme you know, at the same time. Um, and they're definitely tied together. I mean, it's, it's certain that Google is also going to start tracking, you know, what kinds of things does Jim Hedger look at when he goes? Does he tend to look at videos? Does he click on the map results? Um, you know, I have to say signed out. That's unfortunate for me because I would like for Google to be able to see that I can't consistently click on map results when I'm searching for, for regional-based um, things so that they could make those more prominent for me as a searcher. Now I can't because that skews all the results when I'm, when I'm not trying to, uh, to maximize my, my um, sort of search speeds. Uh, so, so what I'm hearing you say, Dave, is because you serve clients and you need to see as... Um blank a slate as possible when you do your, your Google search results. You need, to ha you need to see as representative a sampling as possible, I guess. You can't yeah. use Google to its fullest extent because you need to have uh, uh, an unbiased look at which Google rankings. Well, exactly. I mean, you can do that 
um, you know, Google has allowed you. It only is functioning while you're signed in. Um, you know, the issue being, what if I sign in? You know, I'm going in doing Vlogger. Um, don't sign out one time and then, you know, get on the phone to a client and start doing searches. I may accidentally forget and have stayed signed in and clicked on something similar in the past and, and get my results skewed. Um, and we also do have to plan, you know, as is the practice for the future as well. Personalization, yes, right now, as you've noted, um, you're seeing results appearing, um, you know, higher up because you've clicked on them in the past. It's right there in the patents and, you know, an article on the Site Pro uh, that appeared on Site Pro News that I wrote on personalization um, sort of discusses this. It's, it is going to become a larger deal where overall search results are going to be skewed for a multitude of users um, based on common interests. Well, I can't have those common interests assigned to me and have somebody else's search patterns affecting my <laughs> my results. So, um, so yeah, it, it does sort of affect that. I mean, that's another reason why we have dedicated servers down in the in the states and stuff that don't ever run searches just for for this, and it's it's required in the in the environment of personalization. Um, but in the area of universal, I mean, I think they're going to take it. It's pretty clear they're going to take this thing further. Um, and start paying more attention to what types of things are you looking at. Do I consistently click on news results? Do I consistently click on maps? Um, and start to make those things easier and easier to get based on my, my sort of search history and what types of results am I clicking. It may not be that they only show news if I tend to click on news, but they'll certainly make them more and more prominent um, in the search results based on what I choose to do. Well, what we do know is that Google's going to be pulling from its numerous vertical databases and deciding what is and is not most relevant to the search query. Um, it, uh, it's going to be showing stuff from, uh, from various, its various verticals. And, and something interesting was found the other day. It's pulling in, sometimes uh, Google has some closed circuit verticals where you have to be part of the Google system to get a listing on, in Google results. Like Google Video used to be an example. Um, the other day, uh, and again, I think this comes from Search Engine Land. It might have been, uh, might have been something that uh, uh, Barry Schwartz had written. Um, he found a Google video coming up, or a non-Google video coming up inside a Google video box. And this again came through Universal Search. So Google's deciding what is and is not relevant. Um, one thing I'm not sure about, and this is something I, I send out to other SEOs, if anyone has the answer to this, I'm, I'm most interested. How, what is Google basing relevance on? How much of that is personal history, and how much of that is uh, its standard ranking algorithms? Well, and that's a very good question. Of course, there's no, at this stage, um, no real defining answer. I mean, all of this is fairly new. And another big problem that we're hitting with it is this is the first, first gen of the, the whole thing. Um, you know, what we can glean from it today, you know, a year from now, it's going to be an entirely different thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it, it is tough to say. Now, one thing I'd like to get to with you, because I'm really interested in your opinion on this one, how do you think in, say, over the next six to eight months, how do you think this is going to affect the search marketing industry uh, and search marketers specifically? Well, number one, um, search marketers, and I, I know myself and, and a number of other writers in the space have been, have been saying this for a couple of years now. Search marketers have to, have to get their chops up on other forms of search. Have to get your chops up on blog search. Have to know how to tag images properly and use the various social, uh, social networking tools out there. Um, Facebook and Flickr are, are two good examples for images. Um, have to start getting into video. Um, Webmaster and, and SEOs have to learn how to embed and treat a page that has video on it. Um, I think this is good for search marketers in the long run. There's 
from what I see, there's more places, more ways to get a front page placement for your client um, on the top ranking search engine. Now, do you um, think this gets into a spot, though, where search marketers are going to have to charge more because there's definitely a lot more that has to be, you know, have to get into optimizing images and, um, and videos and, and these sorts of things? What is the big benefit to the client? Do you think the client is sort of going to get... Well, this is all part of the maturation of the search marketing space. Um, search, marketing, search marketing and organic search placement is still the premium driver of traffic on the web. Um, the web is becoming is among the premium drivers of new leads, new clients, um, and new business. It's it's by far one of the best advertising methods out there. Certainly, certainly the lowest cost advertising method out there. Um, as the industry matures, as search becomes a more important advertising channel, then um, I think uh, a we as search marketers have to uh, deal with specialization. And that's, that's been happening in our industry for a couple of years now, and it's, I think it's just going to uh, increase. Um, and that, that specialization might, invo- might involve segmentation inside the industry, um, much like the PPC and organic segmentation now. And, uh, yeah, we will have to charge more. Um, if, you wanna, if a client wants a full-service press, then, yeah, that'll cost more because there's more, as you said, there's just simply more stuff to do. Speaking of stuff to do, Dave... We're, we've gone over time on this part of, the, part of the show. It always happens, and I still had some more, uh, some more questions for you, but there you go. We've well, you know, got to pay those. You know what? We have, one of the, we have one of the web's top writers coming on next, Frederick Towns, and um, you know, maybe we can stretch a little bit of time in there to, to jump back to... Uh, I know he's an SEO and a web developer as well, so he's got interest in personalization. But friends, we've got to take a commercial break. We're, uh, we'll be back in about two minutes here on The Alternative, sponsored by, by the ISEDB.org here on webmasterradio.fm. Please stay tuned. The Alternative on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back after this short commercial break. Want traffic? For results without hassle, look no further than Search Ad Network. Focused on your core goals, our dedicated account management team will drive your online sales, increase brand recognition, and generate leads for offline sales through expert search engine marketing and technology. In addition, Search Ad Network offers free click fraud detection and API access into all major engines to ensure your business reaches their desired ROI. Visit SearchAdNetwork.com today to experience true profit through performance. Faster than a speeding bullet, it's the super way to pay. It's Fast Transact. Fast Transact is the safe, secure, and fast way to process credit cards, online checks, and gift cards. Find multiple payment gateway and merchant account options to keep your costs down and sales up, up, and away. You can build your business empire in a single bound while Fast Transact fights the never-ending battle to keep payment processing safe and secure. Your quest for an e-commerce solution has found its final destination. Fly over to FastTransact.com today. Best of the Web, the Internet's oldest directory, EOTW.org, since 1994. Our editors scour the web finding quality sites, providing users with spam-free resources, relevant information from valuable sites. Submit your site now for a guaranteed review in three days or less. For webmasters needing additional exposure, check out our 60-day free trial on category sponsorships. 60 days free advertising. No kidding. And don't forget the Best of the Web's reseller program with the industry's highest commissions, 25 
25% recurring commission on all products and services. Bloggers, make sure to check out the BOTW blog directory and the recently launched volunteer editor program to help build the best blog resource on the web. And now, transport back into the alternative on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. Hey, folks. We're back here after that short commercial break here on The Alternative on Webmaster Radio, sponsored by the ISEDN.org, not the ISEDB, as I might have said earlier, although um, shout out to Tariq. How you doing, brother? Um, nice dig-like application. <laughs> yeah, I got a sponsor wrong. You know, when you're on this show, you got a 50-50 chance of getting your name right. <laughs> Even if you're a sponsor. Sorry, Barry. Um, okay, speaking of sponsors, we have... We have, um, as, as I said probably about a, a dozen times um, in the last couple, last couple shows, I'm the executive editor of SitePronews.com, and um, one of my favorite writers, one of the guys I love printing, is on the show now. Um, we had him in earlier this week, and I think we had a couple of his last week. Um, we bring to you all Frederick Towns. How you doing, Frederick? Real good. How are you doing, Jim? Excellent. Um, we wanted to talk to Fred today. Um, Fred's a web developer and SEO and um, a, uh, a tool manufacturer. And I wanted to talk to Fred. I've I'm, I'm been getting very interested in tools and gadgets, and we're going to be doing a couple shows in the future on tools and gadgets. And um, I want to lead into that series with, with Fred today um, to talk about some of the stuff he's building and, more importantly, what motivates him to build the tools, what the goals are in building them, and um, how he learns about what the, the users out there, what the, the folks who are going to be using them want. So, Frederick, what are you, what are you guys working on right now? Well, there's actually a number of tools that, that we've had uh, in the hopper, so to speak. Um, and one of the bigger tools that uh, we're looking forward to pushing out is actually going to be a website simulator. So the goal there is ultimately to allow the webmaster, uh, you know, which can obviously take the shape of a web developer or a marketer uh, as well, to discover you know, the, uh, the challenges or the issues that might exist with, uh, with a web property. Uh, page by page, and also use different web browsers to see how that website performs under different network conditions and all kinds of ramifications. Um, so the goal ultimately is for uh, for the webmaster to be able to optimize the user experience. Now, so in in the end, it hopefully is going to be a pretty cool thing. I think that uh, there's definitely a need for it. We see sites all the time that are suffering from, you know, delays with, with page loads and things like that. So we hope to help people cure those things. Now, there's a lot of tools that are being made now. They're, they're being put out there right now, Fred. Um, and a lot of them are being given away for free. And I think that's, 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 that's really, really cool. But I'm not sure what the revenue model is. Well, you know, that's, uh, that's a really good point, Jim. I think uh, a lot of these tools don't necessarily have a, uh, a revenue model per se. It's more of a, a passive um, kind of way to uh, develop traffic and interest and I think also uh, demonstrate authority and, and mastery of various, um, you know, sectors of, of online marketing and web development and things like that. Um, not to mention that, you know, you can definitely see this with a lot of SEOs out there as well that have their own tools. They've just become indispensable tools for them to provide better service to their clients. So I think there's a, there's a number of, uh, of angles there that, that make tools valuable aside from the direct, you know, revenue streams that you might anticipate. Hey, Fred, I'm going to jump in here with a question. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us on our show here today. Um, what, no problem, Dave. 
as far as let's look at this from the from the marketing side. I know we have a, a lot of marketers out there in our in our listening audience. When you're developing a tool, you're putting it out. Let's say you're you're putting it out as a as a free tool, as as I know you're you're planning to in, in at least uh, some of the cases. Um, what is your sort of model, or I guess what is the biggest boon? I, we all know a, a little bit about uh, link baiting and, and using tools to, to try and attract links to your site, provided that you're providing a, a really good tool. Um, but outside of that, do you suppose the bigger advantage is going to be in visitors and keeping um, people revisiting your site because you're providing useful tools? Um, you know, a, a good example is, is some of the tools at Digital Point that, that are, are very successful on that tangent. Um, or is it as a link-baiting overall SEO strategy? Um, obviously, you get benefits out of both, but where do you think the strongest and, and is one of them the, the sort of reason for your developing these tools? I think, uh, you know, we, we usually don't do things unless there's a, a win-win situation. And I think uh, there's a lot of problems that we'd like to solve. You know, often it's difficult to, uh, or I should say difficult, it's challenging sometimes to bring clients up to speed on where the value is and, in, in, you know, the mastery that we bring to, uh, to web development, website optimization, and all the other flavors involved in making websites successful. So, you know, the short answer is uh, we do it we, mostly as a, as a way to help people see for themselves. And obviously, if the byproduct of that is that, you know, there are other webmasters out there that, that want to give us some link love and say, hey, you guys have you know, you've done a great, you've done a great web 2.0 thing. This is a valuable tool. We're going to use this with our clients. You know, we appreciate uh, what you've done. Obviously, we're not going to frown upon that. But uh, I think in order to really uh, to make good link bait, um, you know, looking at this as an SEO, uh, you've got to really focus on providing value uh, because that's what's going to bring uh, the real link love. That's what's going to bring the repeat visitors. That's what's going to bring the the feedback that helps you improve the tool to the point where, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a pillar in the community. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, first thing that comes to mind is, you know, Rand's uh, over at SEO Moz, uh, his page strength tool. I remember when that thing came out, everybody was, was talking about it and certainly haven't forgotten about it. So it's, uh, it's mostly uh, advising, providing value to, uh, to, the, to the audience, and from there everything kind of falls into place. As I was saying a few seconds ago, there's, um, there's a lot of tools out there. It seems that, that every company is coming out and building something new. Um, Frederick, how do you decide what, you, what you're going to be building? What makes you say, I want to bring this tool to, to the general public? Well, the biggest challenge really is, you know, and that's a very good question, the biggest challenge I think is, will this tool, from a marketing perspective, help position us uniquely in the marketplace? Uh, because, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's really easy to remix and do mashups, especially with all the APIs and, and all that good stuff floating around now. But the key is, can we differentiate ourselves? Can we do something that's not been done before? And in the worst case, if we have to do something that's similar to something else, is our approach innovative, unique, and, um, you know, useful and valuable? So I don't know if I answered your question um, the way that you wanted me to, but... Uh, that's really what we're looking for, looking towards when we're when we're planning out a tool. Because in the end, you know, there's there's really no need to reinvent the wheel. There's really got to be a, a significant value proposition there. Now, you you you'd mentioned there the the one tool, and it does sound actually like a quite a useful tool. So I, I do look forward to it coming out. But you also mentioned uh, prior to that, there's some some other ones that you're um, going to be launching. Um, do you have what? Uh, can you give us an idea of some of the other tools you might be launching? 
um, and what you're hoping to accomplish with the tools as they launch. Okay, well, I guess we should let some more cats out of the bag here. Um, one of the other tools that we're particularly excited about is a, uh, is a tool geared for, um, for the designers out there. So ultimately what we want to do is, um, and you know, Cameron Mole is, uh, is a designer and a speaker that, I, that I've uh, paid attention to for, for many years, and uh, seeing him at uh, an event apart Boston recently, he mentioned and, and gave a great talk about inspiration and where it comes from and things of that nature. And what we, uh, what we decided to do um, is actually go ahead and try to make a tool that would inspire people to uh, come up with custom palettes and, and color schemes that they could ultimately use for their web properties. So how we're doing that was, is, uh, we think, an innovative approach. Uh, and it starts with um, allowing the user to specify uh, a URL or upload an image, and from there we use you know our own algorithms and we extract the color scheme and allow them to make and basically make recommendations and allow them to piece together their own custom palette and and share it with the community and and you know remix each other's palettes and so on and so forth. So you know hopefully you know we're calling it palette inspiration and and hopefully it's useful because a lot of the uh, the tools out there do allow you to you know, work on your palette online, but they don't really help you necessarily uh, create anything new. So we're trying to help people uh, arrive at uh, something useful that way. And we have another tool, actually, that we think is pretty interesting. It's a, uh, it's a favorite icon generator. And if you remember back in the day, I mean, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of little tools. You, you click the browse button, send a, an image up there, and it spits out your, you know, your fave icon or, or what have you. We've, we've taken a different uh, approach on that, and we've decided to uh, allow people to upload an image and basically use a, a, a viewer and some, a couple of just uh, small tools and generate, you know, a 48 by 48, and uh, I think it's a, a 36 by 36, and obviously a 16 by 16 um, icon from an image using kind of like a, a viewer pane um, that you would see in like the uh, Adobe Photoshop Navigator, for example. So kind of an innovative approach to do something that's very... Uh, very uh, a basic thing that, uh, in, in all honesty, I think every website should have a, a save icon. And so uh, I'm sure uh, uh, Dan uh, Cedarholm would agree with that as well. He's a very big advocate of those. So we have a little tool like that, and hopefully people think it's handy. It's certainly an innovative way to make a save icon. And, uh, you know, if they like it, uh, hopefully we'll see some link love. And, again, it's free, and we'll use it ourselves as well. Now, when you're going into development, um, Frederick, what's the when, when you're developing a tool, are you trying to look ahead two or three months or a year's time to see where users are going to be at at that time, or are you do you find that you're reacting to technologies that are being introduced by other people? I think it's a little of both. Uh, you know, the real key is to, uh, from my point of view, is definitely to be thinking ahead. And you know, when you solve a problem, you definitely don't want to have to solve it again. You know, that's the web developer in me, you know, make a, an elegant and robust solution so that uh, if anything else, um, all you have to do is uh, uh, roll it out in a different way. You don't have to rebuild it. So when we make the tools, um, for the most part, what we want to do is, is make sure that, um, you know, it's not technology dependent or anything like that. It, it's really solving a problem that's going to be timeless. For example, with our simulator, I can't imagine a case where a webmaster would not want to 
uh, take the time to make sure that the user experience in different browsers and under different network conditions and so on and so forth wasn't optimal um, from a conversion optimization standpoint and just about any other. Um, those kinds of things are timeless. So we're really trying to solve these, um, I don't know the word for it, these fundamental problems that, uh, you know, that people will always face, like uh, same with the palette inspiration. I mean, I, you know, we have challenges at times putting together color schemes for clients because it's, it's artwork. So we're hoping that, you know, when we take a stab at these things, we're making sure that um, it's something that will always be useful. It's a problem that uh, is timeless. And, you know, we just want to do it uh, in a way that uh, hasn't been done before. Now, I've always felt a very good answer, by the way, and, and a really good strategy. Now, we're going to have a bunch of people, or we may have a bunch of people listening. I have touted the, the use of tools as, a, as an SEO, SEO and, and link baiting, or one of many different uh, link baiting methods that people can use. Um, what would you say, as somebody who is actively developing a, a whole range of tools here, and I know you've just touched on some of them, and, and some of them you can't you know, get into any more than not mentioning them at this stage, um, but for people who may want to be using uh, tools or, or start having tools developed as a link baiting method or to provide an extra service for their, uh, for their actual visitors, what's the biggest hurdle as one of those developers that you face? I think uh, adoption and, uh, you know, and, and feedback are the biggest hurdles because ultimately once what you want when you, roll out, uh, when you roll out a tool is you want to make sure that the tool is useful, it's solving the problem, it's hitting home, it's making a difference. And, uh, you know, when you do things wrong, it's easy to get that feedback. But by the same token, um, if you do things too wrong, you'll hear crickets. So, uh, you know, we're trying to hopefully strike that balance and, uh, and make sure that we're open to the feedback and that the community uh, knows that we want to make a useful tool and, and we do want to, you know, allow them to take advantage of it and just make better websites because, you know, we use websites all day. It doesn't hurt us if, uh, if they all work better. Um, so it's uh, it's a difficult question, actually. Fair enough. I mean, there's, uh, each tool is going to have probably some of its own unique challenges. Um, now, what I guess maybe on that tangent, what would you say maybe to those to those listeners who are wanting to um, at some point have tools developed for their visitors or for um, you know for SEO purposes and these sorts. What methodology, if you could sort of list it down in, you know, just a four or five step series, um, what methods would you say or, or stages have to be passed through that somebody should consider before even launching in during their consideration of what type of tool, uh, you know, maybe include testing and stuff? What methods do you go through when you're deciding whether a tool is viable and what that tool should include? It's a very good question. The process is really pretty straightforward. It's, it's the same... Uh it's the same kind of methodology that, that an entrepreneur would take. Uh, essentially, you have to define a problem, make sure that it exists, uh, you know, find the pain point, and obviously make sure that you have a solution for it. So find a problem and define a goal. Make sure that goal is viable. Then once you've done that, um, you know, and it, it's very easy to do pie in the sky. We can, just about everybody out there can do it. Now you have to make sure that, you know, the technology exists to, uh, to support a solution that you've come up with. And, you know, and then once you've done that, and this is, you know, this is just as difficult as, as finding a problem to solve, you have to make sure, you know, that you do your due diligence and, and, and make absolutely certain that the, uh, the, the manner in which you're going to execute solving that problem from user interface to technology to, you know, implementation is innovative. 
Uh, and then once you've done that, and it's probably the most risky and, and challenging piece, now you're in a good place where all that's left to do is execute. Um, Frederick, we have to go to commercial soon, but before we go, I want to get, I want to get one last question in, and I'm, I'm hoping you can stick around doing commercial and stick around for our next segment. But um, what tools... What tools aren't out there that you really, really wish were there? Is there anything that you wish somebody would write or invent that you guys haven't had a chance to do yourselves yet? Oh, I don't know if I can give that one away. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. How about about something that you guys aren't going to be developing? Now, that's another hard one because we've got a lot on the to-do. Let's see. Probably, well, I can say this because this is an extremely challenging thing to build. Uh, a link profiling tool that really, and I won't give away the criteria because I don't want to do the homework for the, the people with the resources to get it done, but basically the ability for a webmaster to uh, uh, essentially explore their backlink profile, determine you know if there's any um, you know links that shouldn't be in there, figure out if they can identify any trends that would obviously cascade into uh, future uh, SERP results. Things like that, because there's tools that you know that, that help you figure out your page strength, to figure out your, uh, you know, the, the deep or internal linking, uh, the strongest pages internally in a site, and you know, figure out if you've got uh, too many links coming from the same class C, and all these kind of not cursory, but these, you know, lightweight and not necessarily in-depth or integrated tools. So I'd like to see a really rich tool set that allows the webmaster to drill into the links clean up their link profile, especially with Matt Cuts on the Prowl these days, and, you know, get a, get a, get a handle on, uh, you know, making sure that they, they know why their site ranks the way that it does and, and have that control. But I really haven't seen a tool that helps you do that with your links for well, free. It, this, has been, this has been a really good conversation, Frederick. Thank you so much. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you can stick around during commercials, and um, I, know, I know that I think you've met Jeff Quip before, too. We're going to be coming back with him in a few minutes. Um, there's an interesting conversation happening in the chat room talking about tools, and the um, one that keeps coming up over and over and over again is EPR. Um, people are mentioning EPR, the uh, fine gentleman from Edmonton, Alberta, who, if anyone's been to a SES uh, convention recently, um, certainly know how to party. <laughs> Thanks for the bye, man. I'm still recovering from the EPR party bus, so <laughs> while I'm recovering, we're going to have to go to commercial. We'll be back in about two minutes here on uh, The Alternative on Webmaster Radio. We're sponsored by the ISEDN.org. I'm Jim Hedger from Site Pro News with Dave Davey from BeanstalkDashing.com. We'll be back in a second. The Alternative, the Alternative. on WebmasterRadio.fm. We'll be back after this short commercial break. Mr. Scott, I can't get any more information onto our website. I'm doing the best that I can, Captain. There's no more room on the server. It's going to blow. Evaluation, Mr. Spock. The logical answer is Lunar Pages. Reputation, reliability, and legendary 24-7 support makes Lunar Pages the host to cling on to. Did you say cling on? Aye, Captain. Sign up at LunarPages.com and get $700 off coffee cup software absolutely free. If you call, they will answer. Lunar Pages it is. Beam us aboard, Mr. For out-of-this-world web hosting, Lunar Rocks. Sign up for web hosting with LunarPages.com and use coupon code LUNATICS to get $28 off. 
Welcome to the 11th Annual International Web Award Competition. Walk the red carpet as the Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the Web Awards, recognizing the best websites in 96 different industries. Winners receive a beautiful image plaque or certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from the expert judges, links to your site from the highly ranked Web Awards site, and a free press release from PR Web. So the winner goes to... Well, you'll have to see for yourself. You can't win if you don't enter. Go to www.webaward.org to enter and win. Hurry, deadline for entry is May 31st. And now, transport back into the alternative on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. Welcome back to The Alternative on Webmaster Radio. I'm Jim Hedger from SitePronews.com. I'm joined by Dave Davies, owner of Beanstalk-Inc.com. And uh, you know what? This is one of those shows where I forgot to get in our guests. Um, yeah, I feel like an idiot. I forgot to get in our guests, our last guest's business address. Um, Frederick Towns is the owner of W3-Edge.com. Y'all are looking for a good web development company? Check out W3Edge.com, W3-Edge.com. And uh, Frederick, thank you again for being on the show. We have Jeff Quick from Search Engine People, a Canadian firm based just outside of Toronto. He's on the line. And uh, Search Engine People have a fun little contest going right now where they're giving away $1,000 to the um, person, be it a search marketer or not. I, I, don't, I think Cheryl Crow's excluded, but the person who comes up with the best lyrics for an SEO song. Jeff, what's, what's this contest all about? <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Dave. It's all about good fun, to be honest. Um, you know, we were, we were rattling around ideas here in the office, and, and uh, um, one of the guys, you know, just, just something to have fun, to have some fun out on the Internet. And uh, one of the guys came up with the idea to have this kind of a parody contest. And uh, it struck a chord with a number of us, and I think in four or five minutes there were... Uh, you know, a number of people in the office who were trying to submit their own songs. <laughs> and uh, so it, it struck us that it was, you know, probably a pretty good idea and, and a lot of fun to do at the same time. Um, you know, allow pe- it'll allow a lot of people in the, the SEO field to vent um, or just, you know, voice their, voice their opinions. So really, it's just intended to be a whole lot of fun. So how long, how long have you had the, uh, the contest running for? Is, it, is this the first or second day? I think it's the second day, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's the second day of the contest. So yesterday was pretty slow in terms of uh, receiving submissions, but it's picked up today, and we've received uh, quite a number of uh, submissions today already. Uh, you know, thanks to some strategic blogs by Stepforth and ProBlogger, and a number of others as well. That yeah, we've uh, we, we, we've really seen a, a burst of of uh, people coming to the site, and it's nice to see. Well, and there I'm are some, on the some really right creative now. songs Actually, on there already. I just put the uh, the URL into the uh, Webmaster Radio chat form, um, and I'll be running this on sitepronews.com, and I think Dave might be blogging about it at beanstalkinc.com later on today. Um, but how many... Uh, I'm looking at the page right now. How many... Is this all the entries you've had this far? Are you going to be listing all the entries on the page, or are there some that we, we, we can't see in here? No, uh, primarily, I mean, there's, there, the contest has only been up for two days, and it's going to take people some time to think about it, come up with a concept and write a tune. Um, and we, we recognize that it's going to take a little bit of time. But, um, yeah, so 
really, there's, there, I believe there's six on there right now. There might be another one or two in the system waiting for approval. But we expect that it will, it will explode in the next couple of days. And now, what, what if somebody is just, you know, just feeling really creative? I mean, they just have the juices of them. They've got to get out <laughs> a number of songs. Uh, do you allow multiple entries? Yes, we allow up to five entries per person. Okay. You know, actually, maybe I should read the rules here. What, what, I'm just clicking over to the rule page here. Um, yeah, okay. Well, that just... Well, yeah, so anybody anybody wants to follow along, it's at searchenginepeople.com. scientific contest. local voting system, social bookmarking, votes, comments, and a panel of industry people. The $1,000 prize will be awarded to a contestant deemed to have submitted the most popular and marketable submission. Now, Jeff, what does that mean? It means that, um, for the most part, it's going to have a lot to do with the, the voting on the site itself, so how many stars it, it receives um, through the internal voting. And then we want people submitting it to social bookmarking sites as well, so getting their friends to bookmark it. And ultimately, uh, you know, if there are a lot of comments, a lot of positive comments, that will influence the, the decision as well. And uh, then we'll have a number of industry people as well looking at it just to, you know, try and come up with, uh, with the absolute best entry overall as the, as the ultimate winner. Do you have any tips maybe on how, uh, how people who are uh, submitting their, their entries to you might be able to, to hedge their bets? Is there any trends you found as far as things that are becoming more popular, less popular? Uh, I notice you're, you're including the videos. Um, are the people submitting welcome to uh, submit their own videos if they decide to make one? <laughs> Good question. Absolutely, they're, they're, they can submit their own video. We would, we would welcome that. And in fact, that's probably going to be stage two of this contest where we hold um, uh, sort of another version where we pick, say, a song or two each week and have um, allow the general community to create a video um, doing that song. <clears throat> and uh, ideally then we'll... <clears throat> I mean, it hasn't been thought out perfectly yet, <clears throat> but um, ultimately, yeah... Uh, one or two videos will win each week. Um, and hopefully, you know, we get a lot of people submitting videos as well to the chosen songs from the previous week. Now, so I, I just have to ask, of course, you know, it's a, it's a brilliant idea for, for a contest. I, I absolutely love it. Um, now, of course, behind every, every brilliant idea like this, there is the business mind. Any notions on, uh, or can you sort of elaborate on perhaps what made you think to go to go this route? I'm just going to hazard a guess and say this is just a, a you know, it's, it's a really brilliant link bait. I mean, I know I'll be linking to you. You know, step fourth is, uh, I, know, uh, I know Jim will be linking to you from there. Um, and, and you're probably going to get a, a ton more. Was that a, a part of the strategy? And, and you know, is it, uh, do you think it's, it's going to work out that well? Um, and obviously this is some great publicity, and, and here you are on the radio as well for, for that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, is it working out on the on the business? And I only ask this because you know we have some some developers, some website owners who may be thinking of doing not a, exactly this because it doesn't work twice. But um, you know, using um, sort of methods like this, and, and is it working for the stage that it's at now? For for as much as you can tell at this stage, for the stage that it's at right now, it's working. Absolutely, it's working. Yeah, and y I mean, you're absolutely right. Part of the equation is. Yeah, can, can you know? Can we use this to you know further promote ourselves? Um, you know, as you mentioned, there are business minds at work as well as creative minds in the whole process, and uh, it, it is absolutely intended to be fun. And we want to keep it really low key and not too serious. 
But at the same time, you know, if it generates some links for us and some buzz, then that's uh, that's fantastic as well. Oh. And to date, it's yeah, it's doing a really good job. I mean, I'm on the show with you now. Um, I wasn't yesterday at this time, so <laughs> that's good. <laughs> so I guess what this comes down to is um, is this promotion for the the, the amount of uh, attention search engine people are going to be getting, and for the amount of uh, links that searchenginepeople.com will be getting, is this promotion worth a thousand dollars? Absolutely. Absolutely, and if not, if not uh, in terms of the business that it generates, definitely because of the contacts that we'll make as a result. Um, you know, we'll we'll receive submissions from a lot of really good SEOs out there, and we'll make some good contacts with those people, um, and hopefully they'll be longstanding, con- uh, you know, friendships. And um, you know, at the same time, it's a lot of fun in the in the office, and it it, you know, it it's really fun to buzz about. Um, or just to talk about in the office, and it's got everybody, you know, really, really positive in the office. So absolutely, I mean, even if it doesn't, uh, you know, if it doesn't end up generating any clients, that's perfectly fine. You know, the fact is, we'll generate, we'll, we'll get a lot of good contacts out of this. We'll make a lot of good contacts, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And at I the noticed, end of the day, I mean, you want your job to be fun. I noticed that the uh, the deadline for entries is June twenty first, two thousand seven. Um, where and how are you going to be announcing the winners? Um, <clears throat> <laughs> Good question. Uh, we'll be announcing the winner um, on probably June 30th, and I, I would imagine that we're going to announce it through a number of sites. Um, so the exact details haven't been um, articulated yet, um, but we're certainly in the planning for that as we speak. Um, so if you wanted to help get that message out, that would be terrific. Well, we're happy to get the message out, and, um, you know... In getting the message out, I think we might have you back on um, on uh, around the thirtieth to uh, to sing the winning um, to sing the winning entry. What do you think? <laughs> is, that, is that worth a thousand dollar promotion? Oh, I hope it's not a Madonna entry. <laughs> well, you know, we, uh, Jeff and I were talking earlier before the show, and uh, we we said that we might have to sing towards the end. But I noticed that the time is going very quickly. We're uh, about a minute and a half away from the end of show, so I think actually we've. Um, Jeff, we've um, we've definitely avoided having to having to sing this show. <laughs> Excellent. That, I think I think the listeners will agree that's probably a really good idea. Probably <laughs> yes. Um, Although I, actually, I was looking forward to hearing you sing. Oh no, you weren't. You just thought you were. Believe <laughs> me, you weren't. Um, I think I have to take us out soon. Um, Jeff, thank you so much for being a part of this, uh, folks. If you're interested at all in the uh, SEO lyric contest. Um, it's a very easy URL to remember. It's http slash www.searchenginepeople.com slash contest. Go check it out. Write some lyrics. Maybe you'll win $1,000. Jeff, thanks for being on The Alternative today. Thank you very much. Well, we're just about out of time here on The Alternative. Um, before we go, I want to get in a, a plug for my own for the site that I'm responsible for right now, um, sitepronews.com. We've been uh, publishing for six weeks now um, on a daily basis. And um, one of the reasons, actually, I, I asked Frederick to stick around on the phone because Frederick's, Frederick's uh, been published in Site Pro News a number of times, and we're just about to cross that point where we start growing really quickly. Um, I noticed that, that we're getting a lot more users coming on, and um, I wanted to prompt people to go check the place out every day. .fm. We're everywhere. Gentlemen, start your engine! Okay, well, how do I get my engine started? Nah. 
even the editor of it, and yeah, I uh, highly recommend it. And fortunately, with a lot of the changes that uh, I know you were part of implementing, um, it's become part of the, the daily rotation rather than uh, sort of a, a couple times a week. Uh, the information is always current, and, and as you say, we have great writers like Frederick on there uh, keeping it updated, and uh, yeah, just a, just a phenomenal resource for anybody involved in, in web marketing or, uh, or web development. Well, I appreciate that, Dave, and I, I, you know what? I hear Eddie's got his finger on the, on the music button in the background. I think that's our hit. Um, <laughs> friends, thank you so much for listening this week. We'll be back next week with another hour of fun, entertainment, and great information. Um, this is Jim Hedger from CyproNews.com with Dave Davies from Beanstalk Dash Inc. on The Alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm, sponsored by the ISADN.org. Talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>